please join me in a word of prayer. Our Father who dwells in heaven, holy be your name, Father. We thank you for everything that you have given to us. We thank you for this evening that you have gathered us again in this place of yours with your people, in this body that you have chosen for us. We pray that you are honored. We pray that you are pleased tonight. Lord, we know that you are powerful. And with that, Lord, we ask for your help. We ask for your help that you speak to all of us here this evening and make it so loud and clear that we cannot deny it. And help us and sustain us that we will yield to whatever it is that you are telling us. Use me again, Lord, as your vessel. Bless my preparation as, as I ask that, Father, please override it. Let me not get in the way of whatever it is that you want to tell your people. We recognize your presence. We, help, we ask for your guide. We ask for your guidance. We ask that you teach us. We ask that you teach us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Please turn your Bibles or your Bible app to Psalm 118. I'm going to be reading from verses 1 to 29. The header is thanksgiving for victory. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let Israel say his faithful love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his faithful love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say that his faithful love endures forever. Verse 5, I, call, I called to the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me. And, he, and put me in a spacious place. The Lord is for me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is my helper. Therefore, I will look in triumph on those who hate me. Verse 8. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in nobles. Verse 10, all the nations surrounded me. In the name of Yahweh, I destroyed them. They surround me. Yes, they, surround, they surrounded me. In the name of Yahweh, I destroyed them. They surrounded me like bees. They were extinguished like a fire among thorns. In the name of Yahweh, I destroyed them. You pushed me hard to make me fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. There are shouts of joy and victory in the tents of the righteous. The, Lord, the Lord's right hand performs valiantly. The Lord's right hand is raised. The Lord's right hand performs valiantly. I will not die, but I will live. And proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord disciplined me severely, but did not give me over to death. Open the gates of righteousness for me. I will enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous will enter through it. I will give thanks to you because you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This came from the Lord. It is wonderful in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, save us. Lord, please.
please grant us success. He who comes in the name of the Lord is blessed. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is God and has given us light. Bind the festival, sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I will give you thanks. You are my God, I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Now, isn't that beautifully written down? It's been written down many years ago, and it's still so much, it's still very much powerful up to now. It is somebody's prayer written down. It is somebody's experience with God and how he has experienced on how God, the many times that God has rescued him, the many times that God has, has blessed him. And his prayer that is written down for us to read many years later reminds us to do the same thing, is to still be thanking God in our prayers. And I entitled our message tonight, um, if it will work, <laughs> give me this, give me that. <laughs> give me this, give me that. There are many Christians that are called gimme Christians. They're only Christians because they want something from God. And the soon, the, the, as soon as God ends and stops in giving them what they're asking for, there are no more gimme Christians. They leave and they're done. And then when they get it, when they get what they want, they forget to thank God. Tomorrow, in this country, we are celebrating those who have served in the armed forces. And we make sure, this is one great thing that this, this nation has done, is to, that made it as a holiday. And we made sure that we thank those who have served and are still serving. The Memorial Day is the ones that have passed. Veterans Day are still the ones that are, have served and are still around. So we want to make sure we thank them. And it's just right because of the sacrifice that they have done. But the testimonies that I've heard from Brother Romel and Sister Alicia is there's a great deal of sacrifice when they're apart, when, when, when Brother Romel is, is, is commissioned somewhere else. There's a great deal of, of, of that. I mean, I know some of you will, will be happy that your spouse will go away for six months, but there are some that would rather be with their spouse and their children. And that's one small sacrifice. It's a big sacrifice, but smaller compared to when they lose a limb, right? And they, they, they see the tragedies that are in front of them. And, and for us who have enjoyed or enjoying this country and the freedom behind that sacrifice, we must at least thank them, correct? Okay. Somebody say amen on this side. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we continue with our series, which is giving thanks. Tonight we will focus on one way to thank God, which is prayer. But we pick up from where we, uh, our main topic last week. It's not working. All right. Luke 17, 17 to 18. This is when Jesus, let me just read. Then Jesus said, we were not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he told him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. 
Now, glory in its original meaning has praise, it has honor, it has worship as synonyms to it. If you look at that verse with this in mind, having praise, honor, and worship in mind, you will see that Jesus was saying, now how come those nine lepers that were healed did not even give him that? And we discussed it last week that not only does Jesus see what we do for him, he also sees what we don't do for him. And again, this evening, we are going to talk about how we pray and in prayer we show gratitude to God. The Bible is filled with commands to give thanks to God. That's in Psalm 106, to verse 1, 107, verse 1, 118, verse 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 34, to name a few. Most verses go on to list reasons why we should thank Him, such, such as His love endures forever. That's Psalm 136, 3. He is good, Psalm 118, 29. And His mercy is everlasting, Psalm 100, verse 5. Thanksgiving and praise always go together. We cannot, we cannot praise God enough and worship Him enough without being thankful to. Those things go hand in hand. Now my question to you, believers, Christ followers, lovers of Jesus, how do you express your gratitude or gratefulness to God? And tonight we're talking about prayer. So how is your prayer life? How much in your prayer life are you actually thanking God rather than give me this, give me that line? Do you actually jump into what you need right away and then as soon as you say everything you need, do you actually jump out real quick too? As fast as you got in, you got out real fast too. How often do you pray? And in your prayer, how often or how much in your prayer are you saying your gratitude to Him? Instead of just asking for your daily bread. Next verse, please. Next slide. This is going to be our main text. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Is it not clear? I don't think it needs any more explanation. But just for the sake of time, since I still have time, let's, let's explore it. God, through Paul, shows us a great sequence here. With the, and he used the words, always, never, all. Right? Sometimes, did, did he say, sometimes be happy. Pray when you need it. Be thankful in some, hopefully the good circumstances. No. He says, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will. So tonight, I want us to focus on that part. This is God's will for you. 
my hope for us as a church is that we continue to study and learn more about God's will for us. And that my hope is that we will obey that. As soon as it's revealed to us, we will obey it. So folks, guess what? God's will for us that is that we pray and be grateful to Him. Be always thanking Him. That is His will for us. So some of you, you're quick to say, I don't know if that's God's will for me. Because you're asking, I don't know if I should move to Vegas and be closer to my boyfriend. I don't know if that's God's will for me. I don't know if it's God's will for me that I switch my shifts so I can make it to church. I don't know if that's God's will for me. If you're really searching God's will, there's, this is one of God's will that you need to focus on. Is that we need to be always joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you. For you who belong to Jesus Christ. So if you don't belong to Jesus Christ, you have nothing to be thankful for. And you're not obligated to pray at all. This is for family. If you belong to the family of Christ, you must be thankful in all circumstances. You must be praying always. You can't stop. You must not stop. And you always have to be joyful. Joy is because you have and you are in the presence of God. It's not saying that you're always going to be happy. We all know that that's not true. The world still tells us and lies to us that you must always be happy. Right? Get married, you'll be happy. Get divorced, you'll be happy. Get married again, you'll be happy. Get that promotion, you'll be happy. Get a different job, you'll be happy. Move to another country, you'll be happy. Move back to your home, you'll be happier. Right? There's, but we know it's not true. Searching for happiness, the way and, and, and believing the lies of the world is never going to happen. Looking for significance, it's never going to happen. But we are told to always be joyful. And joy, if you are joyful, you should never stop praying. It's the sequence. And with that, you have to be thankful. In all circumstances. Next slide, please, John, John. Oh. Did it finally work? All right. Now, in light of what 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 is, you read Romans 12, 1 to 2, and it says there, So then, my friends, because of God's great mercy to us, I appeal to you, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God dedicated to his service and pleasing to him this is the true worship that you should offer what's the true worship that you should offer offer your lives as a living sacrifice for god and then it says do not conform yourselves to the standards of this world but let god transform you inwardly by a complete change of your mind then you will be able to know the will of God. And then the will of God is always good and is pleasing to Him and is perfect. <sighs> Folks, the problem here is we don't want, if we're all going to be honest, we really don't want God's will all the time. As believers, we think, 
for some odd reason. We think we know better than him. We believe him on the things that we don't see and the things that we don't know. But the things that we see and we know and we feel, we want him to just give it to us the way we want it, when we want it. And it's usually right here, right now. And then we wonder, and then we wonder, why is it? Why is it that my life seems to be going to the left? Because you keep, what is it? You keep insisting. You keep insisting on what you want instead of going with, God, with, with what God has planned for you. We see, if you go back to 1 Thessalonians 5.16 to 18 in your Bibles, you can see that, that Paul said that it is God's will that we rejoice always, that we never stop praying, that we be thankful in all circumstances. And here in the Romans 12, 1-2, we see that we are to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to God, to be of service to Him and to please Him. The thing is, we get so caught up with the lies of the world that we need to be rich. We need to be successful. We need to have the bigger house. We need to have the bigger car, the faster car. But that's not God's will for us. If prayer and thanking Him in all circumstances and rejoicing always is His will for us, then we should be okay to renew our way of thinking. If, if for us to know God's will, it says that we need to renew our minds, then us studying this, that's revealed to us, but then what's the next step? The next step is to accept that and trust it. For some of us, we don't do that. We don't want to do it, though. We get stuck on our plans. And we'll put our horse blinders on and we're, nobody's going to tell me what to do. I have the perfect plan. This is how it's going to work. We start a business without consulting God and then we say, Lord, please bless it. And then two years in, the business is failing and then we blame him. We go, Lord, I give you my offerings Sunday after Sunday. I help with the building fund. I help children in Africa. I obey all your commands. Why are you not blessing my business? I mean, you can do all things. You created the universe. Just make my Filipino restaurant successful. How come you can't do this? Because we never really did ask him in the first place, right? Because it was never really his plan. You know, powerful men surround themselves with what they call yes men. You agree? Your CEOs and your bosses and supervisors, if you're not a yes man, you're probably not going to get promoted. <laughs> because the yes man, the big dog in the room, what he wants for the yes people to say is yes. He doesn't want... To, to hear the no because the yes men they don't want to lose their jobs right they want to keep their jobs so even if the guy is making a big the big dog's making a big mistake they're not going to say anything i got a retirement plan can't say no to this guy 
You know what we do as Christians, sadly, most of the time? We want a yes God. We want a yes God. We treat our prayer lives, we said it last week, as if we're talking to a genie in the bottle. And we tell him, we dictate to him how he, what we want, how we want it, when we want it. And if he doesn't give it to us, we're switching churches. <laughs> we're switching faiths. We're switching. The, we're going to play to the other team. Sadly, it happens to even the, the, the most meaning, the best meaning Christians. Because we get so desperate. Because we get so hooked in what we're trying to ask for. Because we've coveted. We've made it into an idol. This is what I want. This is what I want for my life, for my children's life. Lord, this is how it's going to go. And then we forget to thank Him in all circumstances. When it's not working out, what's the first thing we do? We stop praying. Stop coming to church. Now, just so you know that it's not impossible, one, we all accept this, that one cannot rejoice always if a person focuses on happiness and not know joy in God. One cannot be always praying if one doesn't see the need for the true God. But one will always be making wishes and good thoughts. One cannot and will not always be thankful to God if one doesn't believe in the true God and recognizes that apart from Him, He can do nothing. Do you know the reason why you stop thanking God? If you have stopped thanking God in your prayers, is you have believed that you actually have done that on your own. That all the good things that you're experiencing now is actually out of your hard work. And you have forgotten, we have forgotten. In James 1-17 to it reads, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, and who, do, who does not change like shifting shadows. In Ephesians 5.20, and give thanks for everything to God in the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I added that because if you know that everything good that you are experiencing is from God, you must automatically be thanking Him for everything. In prayer. Now I realize prayer is such a big topic. The more I, I was studying about this since last week, it just revealed to me that there's much more in prayer. There's so much more in prayer. So we're probably going to start a series in prayer. But for tonight, we're focusing, showing our gratitude, expressing our gratitude to God and everything that He has given to us in prayer. Feeling and expressing appreciation is good for us, folks. Like any wise father, God wants us to learn to be thankful for all the gifts He has given us. All of it. Not just the ones that you're happy with right now, but all of it, including your spouse. <laughs> including your children. 
Even if you don't feel like it's a good gift right now, you have to be thankful. It is in our best interest to be reminded that everything we have is from God. Without gratefulness, we become arrogant and self-centered. We begin to believe that we have achieved everything on our own. Thankfulness keeps our hearts in right in the right relationship to the giver of all good gifts. Now folks, knowing that all things come from our God, knowing that God doesn't change. You know that God doesn't change, right? He is good. He continues to be good. He is faithful. He continues to be faithful. He is loving. He will never stop love, be loving. And He wants us to pray to Him. And He wants us to be grateful to Him. He wants that. Where are the nine? Don't be like one of the nines, folks. Because your, your prayer was answered and all of a sudden you're done. You've graduated. You go back to the world because God has blessed you. Now like, ha, I'm complete. I'm whole. Time to party. Time to get down. Go back to the gym. I get strong. Get my plan straight. Forget God. Oh, you know what? I'll get God later. When I need all these things blessed once again. The problem, I think, for us Christ followers is that we have not improved and we have not graduated from the prayer life of a give me this, give me that life. Because with that give me this, give me that, there's no, rec there's no gratitude and there's no recognition of who God truly is. And there's no awareness, there's no change in your mind. You just used God to bless you with all the material things that the world is telling you to have. That's why there's no gratitude, because He's your slave. Well, He should do that. He's my guy, I belong to His family. I'm His, I'm his child, He needs to give me this. That sense of entitlement, instead of gratitude, instead of humility. If you don't know who God truly is, you won't know that He is after your own good. And if you hear that He is after your own good, you won't trust Him. You won't completely trust Him. You will in turn not have any interest of what He wants for you. You could care less for it. And you don't trust it. And you could care less to be praying to Him. At all times. You could care less to be thankful to Him in all circumstances. And you know what? You can't rejoice always because you don't have God in your midst. God is not your center. If God is the center of your life, you will be joyful. Even in the middle of challenges and storms in life, you will have that joy and peace. And with that, you will be grateful. You'll be praying and you'll be thanking Him. Giving thanks always reminds us of how much we do have. You realize that? The, the, the reason why some of you are probably not happy with what you have anymore because you don't know what you have. You've forgotten because you stopped being thankful for it. 
well, for, for us Filipinos, remember the time, the, for those of us who were petitioned, remember that prayer life of yours? That your petition be approved? And when it was approved, oh boy, the promises you made to God, oh Lord, I'll be going to church every Sunday. I'll obey the Ten Commandments, Lord God. I'll be your best person in America. Thank you for answering my prayers, for bringing us there. And then challenges happen here in America. America is not as you, you pictured it to be. You're like, Lord, bring me back to the Philippines. Why did you bring me here? Why did you bring me here? This is not how I pictured this. Giving thanks always reminds us of how much we do have. Us human beings, we are prone to be covetousness. We are prone to covetousness. We tend to focus on what we don't have. By giving thanks continually, we are reminded of how much we do have. When we focus on blessings rather than wants, we are happier. When we focus on blessings rather than wants, we are happier. When we start thanking God for the things we usually take for granted, our perspective changes. The renewing of our mind, that's your perspective. We realize that we could not even exist without the merciful blessings of God. The reason why you covet your neighbor's wife is because you forgot to appreciate your wife. And my advice to my clients when they, they want to sell their house, I tell them, have you done everything you want with your current house? Because sometimes they just got tired of it because it's older. It's not the new. It's like with your car. That's why we always buy new cars. When the cars start getting older, problems start popping up. And you're like, oh, you're coveting your co-worker's car. You're like, oh, man, it must be nice to drive a 2019. But we forgot. We forgot that we the, the answered prayer. This car was God's answered prayer. This husband was your answered prayer. This wife was your answered prayer. You prayed for a child. Now you have four, and now you're complaining? <laughs> God answered your prayer four times. When we thank God, we are reminded of what we have. We remind ourselves where it came from, who it came from, and where it comes from, and who He is. Um, or before I get to Hebrews there, if you are, please turn to 1 Thessalonians 5.18 again. I want us to focus on this. It says, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We are to be thankful not only for the things we like, but for the circumstances we don't like. When we purpose to thank God for everything that He allows to come into our lives, we keep bitterness at bay. We keep it far away from us. We cannot be both thankful and bitter at the same time, folks. We don't thank Him for evil, but He is sustaining us through it. That's James 1-12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. 
For when he stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. We don't thank him for harm he did not cause, but we thank him when he gives us the strength to endure it. That's in 2 Corinthians 12, 99. Let me read it. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my prayer is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We thank him for his promise that all things work together for the good of those who love him, those who are called according to his purpose. That's Romans 8.28. Now how can you thank him for that if you don't know him? And if you don't know him, how can you trust him? Which brings us to the point where you need to study the word. You need to continue to come to church and hear the teachings of his word. You need to listen to those podcast messages that you for your favorite speakers. You need to continue to learn the word. You need to continue to be praying and be thankful for everything that you have. And then we go to Hebrews. Hebrews 13, 15. What you have in the screen is the message part. The message version. Let me read to you. Let me read it. Let's, so let's go outside where Jesus is. Where the action is. Not trying to be privileged insiders. But taking our share in the abuse of Jesus. This quote-unquote insider world is not our home. We have our eyes peeled for the city about to come. Let's, let's take our place outside with Jesus, no longer pouring out to the sacrificial blood of animals, but pouring out sacrificial praises from our lips to God in Jesus' name. Amen. Right? Why are we supposed to be thankful always? Why should we pray, be praying in gratitude? Because number one, because we are saved from the consequences of our sins. You cannot, we cannot begin to imagine how much that hurt. We've been given vis, you know, visual aids on what Jesus went through. We, we have the materials to read and we can imagine it, but we will never be able to come close on how, what it truly felt for Him to pay for your sins and mine. So our gratitude just for that, I shouldn't say just for that, that alone we should always be grateful. That alone we should always be rejoicing. That alone should always bring us to prayer. Is that the truth? You know, once you become a Christian for a long time, you become to what? To take it for granted. That's why the marriages that have been the people who've been married for a long time that's our the, the first fall is we take each other for granted because we become all too familiar with each other we know each other's imperfections other people don't know about it we know it right they know it and we either hate it or resent it and become bitter and then we take each other for granted for those of us who have children and then they become challenging. We start resenting them, right? 
And then we forget that we prayed for them. And there are people that want children, that are dying to have children. But yet here we are, we're just taking it for granted. I have here shared the story of the father that complained that his house is too small for him and his family. <laughs> That's my note to myself. So there's this, to wake some of you up, I know I'm knocking some of you guys out already. There's, let me give you a joke, okay? There's this father, there's his dad, and, and he, they were living in a three-bedroom, two-bath, two-car garage, 1,500 square feet. His children, he has four children, they all got bigger. So he went to his pastor, and he goes, Pastor, our house is getting too small. And he goes, yeah, oh, uh, why is that? Oh, you know, it's kids are bigger now, and I think my in-laws are going to be moving in soon. So I think, I think I need a bigger house. So the pastor goes, oh, you know what? Okay, you know what you should do? Buy two dogs, and then keep them for a month, and then come back to me. He goes, I'm already telling you my house is too small. Buy two dogs. He goes, yeah, buy two dogs. And then see me in a month. Guy buys two dogs. Comes back in the month. He goes, Pastor, the house is way smaller with those two dogs. He goes, oh, yeah? Okay, now get a donkey and bring it, make it live in your house. Donkey with my two dogs and my four kids. Yeah, 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 just do it. And then come see me in a month. He goes, okay. All right, he, does, he did it. Next month he comes back. He goes, all right, this is not working. I don't think you're hearing me properly, Pastor. The house is just way smaller right now. And he goes, okay, now go buy two chickens. He goes, what is this, Noah's Ark? I don't want to buy two chickens. He goes, no, 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 no. Just trust me. Buy two chickens and bring them to your house. And then come see him in a month. Guys, long-haired, bearded, stressed out looking. And he goes, Pastor, I have my nine millimeter right here. If you tell me to get another. So the pastor goes, no, no, no. Now take out all the animals and come see me in a month. The next week, not even for a month, the guy comes back. The next Sunday, he sees the pastor. He goes, Pastor, my house is so big. I love it. The house is so much bigger. And he goes, there you go. You're welcome. <laughs> Sometimes we don't know what we have because we keep piling things. We keep piling things. We buy into the lie of the world. Oh, your wife is not gorgeous enough. Look at this other girl. Look at the curves on her. Your husband, <laughs> he's not gorgeous as you thought he was. Look at this other guy here. Look at your Instagram or your Facebook, right? And then all of a sudden you're like, hmm, wait a minute. Did I pick the wrong person here? Your job's not enough because you're what? $30 per hour? There's another one that's open for $35. Move there. Right? If you're not going to be ever satisfied, you're never going to be happy. And when our tendency, if we're not happy, we're not thankful. But Jesus already told us that in this life we will have trouble. But behold, I, he said, I have overcome the world. Now if the point there is, if you don't make God your number one in your life, you will never be satisfied with anything that you can get in this world. 
Now, us Filipinos, we are the only ones that have been blessed with this notion. We know what the green card is. My American friends, I'm sorry, but you don't, you know what it is, but you don't know what it feels. You don't know how it feels to be called an alien. <laughs> A resident alien. Us who migrated in the States are called resident aliens, if you're legal, right? If you're illegal, then you're an illegal alien. <laughs> hey, you know, that's how you roll, that's how you roll. To each his own hustle, is how I see it. No, but, no, this is the thing. As aliens, we know that we are here temporarily. And we have to behave accordingly. Or else we will be deported. And we did not come to America so that we go to jail. That's, that's what my mom kept telling me. You didn't come to America to go to jail. So straighten up. <laughs> uh, um, that's edited. So, right. so that's, that's how you keep going, right? You have to make your life the way, the best you can because you're here temporarily. Folks, us believers, we're here temporarily. This is really not our home too. So stop trying to accumulate everything because you can't even bring it to the next world where we truly belong. We get stressed out because we want something bigger. We want some, someone better. <laughs> I'll stop playing. All right, here we go. Well, I have five minutes. Here's, remember this quote here. As, as we continue with our series, Giving Thanks. A prayerful Christian is a thankful Christian. For a thankful Christian must be prayerful. Do you believe that? Colossians 4.2. Colossians 4.2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Several, there are several reasons why we, God's people, should not stop praying. One, this is one. It is not possible for God not to hear our prayers. For He cannot reverse His nature. He is true to His promises. And there's a lot of them. He will keep them all. All we need to do is ask. Prayer should be mingled with praise. God is as pleased to give us His blessing as ever as we are to receive it. It is as much to an honor to Him as it is comfort to us. He takes more pleasure in our prayers than we do in His answers. Do you know that? He takes more pleasure in us praying to Him than how we feel when we finally get the answer. Because when we finally get the answer, we move on to the next request. But for God, when He were talking to Him, He takes pleasure in that. The God of the universe asking you to talk to Him intimately. Can you imagine that? Can you let that sink in for a minute? The God of the universe that truly don't need you, that truly don't need us, and if we see ourselves for who we truly are apart from Christ, why would He even want to hear from us? But He takes more pleasure in our prayers than we do in His answers. Therefore, we ought to come to Him boldly 
We ought to come to Him with thankful hearts. And we have to do it with our lips. And join it with the hymn of praise. With the cry of prayer. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. The more we pray, the more we, we rejoice. Prayer gives us a channel to pent up sorrows of the soul. They flow away and in their place streams of sacred delight pour into the heart. At the same time, the more rejoicing, the more praying. When the heart is in quiet condition and full of joy in the Lord, then also will it be sure to draw near to the Lord in worship. Holy joy and prayer act and react on each other. Observe, however, what immediately follows in the text. Give thanks in everything. When joy and prayer are married, we're going to close. Give me a few more seconds. <laughs> When, pray, when joy and prayer are married, their firstborn child is gratitude. When we joy in God for what we have and believingly pray to Him for more, then our souls thank Him in both enjoyment of the answered prayers and that intimate moment with Him. And we can also be excited of the next things to come that He has in mind for us. We can have thankful hearts towards God and even when we do not feel thankful for the circumstance, we can grieve and still be thankful. We can hurt and still be thankful. We can be angry at sin and still be thankful toward God. That is what the Bible calls a sacrifice of praise. That's Hebrews 13.15. Giving thanks to God keeps our hearts in right relationship with Him and saves us from a host of harmful emotions and attitudes that will rob us of the peace God wants us to experience. You can read Philippians 4, 6-7 on that. Folks, if you are to rejoice in everything, if you are to thank Him in all circumstances, if you are to pray always, your life will be seen differently by you, first and foremost. If you have a, great, a thankful attitude, a grateful heart, a prayerful attitude, a prayerful life, all these things will follow for you. The reason why you're not happy, because we're not supposed to be happy all the time anyway. For those of you who have children, do you really want your children all the time happy? Oh no. When Alonzo was much younger, I knew when he was sick, because he stays quiet in the corner. And before, I was like, oh man, he's sick. But when I saw, as he got older, I'm like, I'm glad he's sick. I need rest. <laughs> this guy's so hyper. Because we don't want our children to always be happy because not everything that they want is always good for them. And that's the same thing with God. 
He wants us to be joyful. He wants us to be thankful in all circumstances. He wants us to always be praying. And He wants us to be rejoicing always. Having Him as the cause of that joy. Let's close in prayer. Dear Lord, we are grateful, thankful, and indebted to you. To you who have provided and continues to provide our needs and wants. We are thankful for our families, our spouse, our children, our work. We are thankful for our business, our health. We are thankful for this church family. We are thankful for this church building that you have made us to be a part of and that you have allowed, allowed us to worship in. We are grateful for the privilege and the honor to be able to serve you with our lives in this body of believers these Christ followers. We thank you for your message and reminder to us that we need to be grateful and prayerful for this is your will for us, your people. Forgive us, Lord, for the many times that we have forgotten to take a moment to thank you in the many times that we did not acknowledge and recognize your faithfulness, your goodness, your mercy, love forgive us for how we've taken our prayer life for granted and have not given it importance guide us father for this whole week may we remember to pray to you not just in emergencies but in all circumstances may we remember that all things that we enjoy are from you remind us to be joyful always grateful always, and never to cease in praying to you for us and for others. Give us a grateful heart, give us a grateful mind, and make us to be a prayerful follower of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.